testify, how many of you can actually say that with confidence, with all certainty, that since coming to know Christ, that you have a new life? Can you say that? Can you agree with that? Something's changed, right? Well, that's, that's, that's good. That, that's real good. You know, what I want you to begin to see, whether you're here or online, is that you're in a company of people that are in this in, in this walk, in this journey, um, on this path of, of faith that has really brought you to a place of transformation. And that's great news. Tonight I want to talk to you on the topic, you're invited. You're invited. But I want, I, I want you to be clear on what you're invited to. Tonight, I really do believe that you can receive the greatest miracle that God will ever do in your life. Those are bold words. It's a big statement. But I want to qualify that. I believe that tonight you can receive the greatest miracle that God will ever do, that he's ever done. With all his power contained in it, if you will know this. Let me take you to the scriptures so that you can understand where I'm coming from. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to look at verse starting at verse 14. And I want you to consider the Word of God tonight. The Word of God. It says, For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live, listen closely, should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. Pay close attention. The old has gone, the new is here. The new is here. I'm going to say that again. The new is here. Whether you are young, whether you are old, whether you are here or you are distant, you're in another state. Whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you find yourself in the midst, in, in the midst of, whatever, whatever's going on in life, I want you to listen closely to the greatest miracle that you can ever receive in your life. And this is important because for some of us, we're crying out to God for a miracle in the midst of circumstances. We're crying out to God for miracles in our body. We're crying out to God for miracles in our homes. We're crying out to, miracle, we're crying out to God for miracles in, in our workplace, in our relationships. And, whatever. and what you're failing to realize is this, the same thing that the disciples missed at that communion table that night. Jesus is telling them about the great news that is to come. He's telling them, don't be afraid. Well, he's saying, why, why, why are you afraid? Why are you, why are you sad? Why are you downcast? He says, this is good news. I have to go, but I'm coming back. And I'm taking you with me. I'm bringing you to a new place. And these guys are distraught. 
They're in fear. They're, 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 they're sorrowful. They're, they're hurting. They're lamenting. They're crying. They're questioning. And they're failing to realize that all the new things that they had experienced with Christ was an indication. It was a foreshadow of a new life that was to come for each and every person. Let me tell you something. Before you go asking God for a miracle in your circumstances, make sure you receive a revelation of the greatest miracle that you can ever receive. The new has already come. You possess it. And according to a revelation of that, you can walk in it. I'm sorry. Actually, no, I'm not sorry. But there, there, there are too many people in the body of Christ today plagued with this error of belief and misunderstanding where we, where, where we believe that we're on a journey to becoming someone new. <laughs> you already are all that Christ has created you to be. You know what your problem is? You know what our problem is? This brain of ours doesn't catch up with it. Reminds me of a story I once heard of this little girl. She's sitting with her granddaddy, and she's having pop-pop and pop-pop time. It reminds me of my grandson, you know. And she's sitting with her grandfather, and she's a little girl, and she's just kind of like looking at his face. And she's looking intent intently at his face, and she's noticing all the wrinkles, noticing all, you know, all, all, all the, 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 the sagging of skin. You know, she's looking at his eyes. She's looking at his hands. And, and she says, pop, pop. My grandson does that. He goes, my pop, pop, my pop, pop. She's looking at her pop, pop. She goes, pop, pop. She says, did God make you? Did God make you? And he says, yes, sweetie, God made me a long time ago. And she goes off in a distance in her, in her mind and she's kind of staring off and she's thinking a little longer and, and she says, Pop, Pop, did God make me? And he says, yes, baby, he made you. He made you just the other day. She stood quiet for a while and she looks at her Pop, Pop. She goes, Pop, Pop, God is getting better, isn't he? <laughs> Let me tell you why I share that with you. It's just something that came to mind right now. I mean, it's a fictional story in nature, but here's the reality that it, it, it's just, I use it as an analogy to bring about this point that what God has done is something so much better that we do not take the time to consider. The Bible says we are new creations. Let me ask you something for personal reflection, whether you're here or you're online. How often do you take the time to dig into understanding who you are as a new creation in Christ? Do you even know who you are in Christ? Do you know that? Because, see, to know who you are in Christ is to be able to truly be an overcomer in life. These scriptures that I just read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 allude to the power of what Christ did. Jesus put it this way in the Gospels. He says, unless a kernel of wheat Fall to the ground and die. He says, it cannot produce life. You know what he was talking about? 
He was saying, unless I give myself up as a sacrifice for you and die and rise again, you cannot produce the good things that I have in store for you. And for some of us, we're trying to become new people instead of accepting what he did for us already. You will never be more than what you already are in Christ right now. You are a new creation. Get your theology out the way. Get your beliefs out the way. Learn who you are in Christ and begin to walk according to that. Isn't that good? I know that's challenging for some of us. But I want to remind you what the scripture says. The scripture says that Christ died for all. And the reason why he died for all is so that all could rise to this new life that he has already given us. That's a miracle. Do you realize that that's the greatest miracle that God ever did? To raise us to new life in Christ? And here we are looking for crumbs. We're looking for crumbs. We're begging God for crumbs. There's a reason why the scripture says that he's already given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. It's in you. You already have it. So I want to encourage you. I want to challenge all of us to embrace this reality that we have a new life. Say this with me. I am a new creation. Do you know what the scripture is saying there when it says that we are new creations? It's saying that we are an entirely new species of being. There is no one, no thing like you in Christ. But you know why we get stuck and we struggle with that sometimes? Because we're too focused on the old. See, God did not give his best in Christ for us to settle for less than a new life. I have to say that again. God did not give his best in Christ for us to settle for less than a new life. Where are you at? Are you trying to fit Christ into your old way of thinking? Are you trying to fit Christ into your religious beliefs? What you learned in church over the years? You know what the scripture says? That it's the traditions of men that make the word of God void. Religion cancels the power in the word of God. Somebody needs to hear this. Get your religion out the way. That's trash. That's trash. Listen to what Jesus said about trying to put the new in the old. Matthew 9, starting at verse 14, he says, One day the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus, and they asked him, Why don't your disciples fast like we do and the Pharisees do? Jesus replied, Do wedding guests mourn while celebrating with the groom 
Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. Besides, who would, put, who would patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth leaving an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. For the old skins would burst from the pressure, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine is stored in new wineskins so that both are preserved. See, these disciples, they were, they were in awe of the fact. They, they come to Jesus and they say, hey, Jesus, there's a problem with your followers. They don't fast like us. And you got to get what they're actually saying. How come your guys, your followers, aren't doing it the way we've always done it? And Jesus' response is very telling in this moment. Know what he's saying? How is it that you think that I fit in your old ways? You know what happens sometimes when you first come to Christ? You take the old and you try to mix it with the new. We take old mindsets, we take old belief system, we take old behaviors, we, we take old people, we take old circumstances, we take old memories, we take old hurts, we take old experiences, and we say, Jesus, you're welcome here, but this is where you fit. And Jesus gave us this promise. I came that you may have life and life more abundantly. Don't you get that the reason why you might be frustrated in this walk with Christ is because you're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. You're trying to put Jesus into your circumstances and saying, stay right here. Little Jesus, stick right here in my little way of thinking, in my little circumstances. There's no freedom in that. There's no breakthrough in that. There's no miracle working power in that. See, Jesus came to do a new thing that could not be mixed with the old ways that people were used to. Jesus came to do a new thing that did not fit in, in, into the life of one seeking to do things the old way. Let me encourage you with something. Every day that you, that you and I wake up, that every single person wakes up, is a new day. But for you who are in Christ, every single day affords you a new opportunity to explore and go deeper in understanding the new life that you have. You have a new life. Why are you looking back? Why are you going back? Why are you thinking about going back? <laughs> I love what the, one of the songs was saying tonight. This is the house of miracles. The house of miracles. Come alive. In the name of Jesus, in this house of miracles. Listen, don't run from the house of miracles. 
Don't run from where God is raising you up and opening your eyes and doing this new thing, allowing you, helping you to see this new life that you have in Christ. Don't exchange that for the old, and certainly don't try to mix it with the old. Listen to what Jesus, to what God says in Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. Listen to what he says about these old ways. Old ways. He says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. A new thing. Now it springs up. In other words, it's already here. And then he asked this question. Don't you perceive it? Don't you perceive it? Here's what God's saying. It's already there. How come you don't see it? Maybe it's because you're trying to feel it. Maybe it's because what you want is an emotional experience. Maybe it's because you want to help God in the process of changing you by you doing the work for him. He says, don't you perceive what I've already done? I am making a new way in the wilderness, in those dry places, in those dead places, and streams in the wasteland where living waters don't belong. There, I'm bringing up new life. See, Christianity is an ongoing journey with God to discover the new life that you already have. And here's the thing, it never gets old. It only, it only gets better. It gets better. So if you're still holding on to the old, if you're still trying to mix this new with the old, pay close attention to what God is saying. Listen closely. Forget them. Forget them. Erase it from your mind. Erase it from your life. Don't go there. You know why he says forget it? Because it's not there. You know what happens? You know why it's there for some of us? It's like uh, the person who dies and is in the morgue, and then all of a sudden, the person who's tending to, tending to, to this to this place in the hospital, uh, uh, the, 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 uh, uh, a corpse, all of a sudden a hand pops up. Or the body pops up. You know, that actually happens. And it's not that the corpse is alive. It's that there's still uh, these impulses, these, 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 these uh, I don't even know what you call it, uh, the, these... Uh, uh, chemicals that still have a tendency to flow from time to time. And, and what will happen is that the body will pop up. It responds to something that the body is familiar with. You know what happens when we remember the old? We're not responding because we're still in the old. We're responding because we remember it. But we are a new creation in Christ. Christ. 
Why are you letting your mind go there? I was having a conversation with a, a guy a couple of days ago, and we were talking about, you know, he had struggled with some stuff in his life previously, some issues, and he was sharing, he had shared with me how he, he it was so vivid remembering where he was. And I remember telling him, I said, I want to encourage you with something, brother. Kill that thought. Kill that memory. And kill everyone and everything associated with it in your life. Cut it off. You know why? Because if you let that linger long enough, oh, you'll do it. You'll respond. Oh, I'm so free in Christ. Praise God. I've had all these great experiences with God. Praise God. But don't go back to the old. And, and somebody needs to hear this. Because some of us, we have a savior complex. That's where I came from. That's where I'm going to go back to. You better make sure that you have complete healing before you go there. Because if it still raises up an appetite in you, you don't belong there. You don't belong there. There was a time where the people of Israel found themselves between a rock and a hard place. Man, they had seen God come through tremendously, and, and they've left Egypt, and their enemies have blessed them beyond measure. I mean, God told them, listen, go to your enemies and tell them to give you all their goods, everything of value. And they go, and they, these people leave overloaded from Egypt with gold and all types of uh, 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 valuable things. And as they're leaving and they're, they're on their way out, they come to the Red Sea. And then they realize that the Egyptians are behind them on the war path ready to kill them. And you know what they do? Now, they saw God bring all types of plagues against Egypt. They saw the mighty hand of God and his promise come to pass in how they were blessed beyond measure. They saw God kill the firstborn of all their enemies while God passed over them and spared them. They saw great miracles and here they are before the Red Sea and they say, oh my God, what are we going to do now? Exodus 14.10 starts off by saying, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. And they were terrified and they cried out to the Lord. They cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, so they're complaining to Moses, but they're directing it towards God. Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to this desert to die? Listen to their prayer. What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Did we say to you in Egypt, did, didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. They're looking back. They're moving forward while looking back. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Watch this. Stand firm and you will see the, Lord, the deliverance the Lord will bring to you today. The Egyptians you see today will never, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Listen to what he's saying. The only place you need to stay 
is the one where God has called you to. Why are you going back to Egypt? Stay still right here in this place of my calling and watch my hand of deliverance. Watch what I do on your behalf. Watch how I come through. Verse 15 tells us something about Moses. The Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Moses is encouraging them. And then he's doing a double take and doing what they were doing. And God says, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I can assure you of this. This did not even cross their mind. This wasn't even a possibility. This is a new thing. Something that God has never done. Something they've never seen happen. And they're about to miss it because they are saying, man, we were better off in Egypt. God was with us there, but you know what? At least, at least we had meat to eat. So what? We got whipped. See, the people of Israel made a grave mistake because they were looking behind them, and guess what they were doing? As what was behind them was rearing its head back into their lives, they forgot that God placed what God had placed ahead of them. That God said, I'm with you and I'm going to deliver you. They forgot that God had already delivered them. And they forgot that God was and always will be greater than their enemies. Somebody needs to hear that tonight. God has been, God is, and God always will be greater than whatever is coming against you. So why are you looking to the old? See, if you're lamenting the former things and looking backwards while crying out to God, listen to what God says to you and me. Stop crying and move forward. Stop crying and move forward. Man, that's good. I'm going to say that again. Stop crying and move forward. These people are stuck in their tears and in their complaints and in their laments. And here's where they are. They're, they're still in the wrong place. They're back there. And God's saying, you're about to miss the new thing. Stop crying and tell the people to move forward. See, it wasn't until Moses got past his crying and did what God told him that the barrier before him was removed. Maybe it's about time that we be still in the promises we see in God's word according to this new life that we have in Christ instead of being so busy and active in the old. Old thoughts. Old beliefs. For some of us, we're still in our old church. 
guess what? Stop crying. Move forward. Move forward. Just remember this. God's not following you. God is always ahead of you. You got to move forward. You got to. And so I want to share some things tonight with you about this invitation that we have, this miracle that has occurred that many of us miss because we misunderstand, because we don't take the time. We're not disciplined about finding out who we are in Christ. We're still waiting for pastor to tell me who I am in Christ. Let me tell you, if you're waiting for me to tell you who you are in Christ, let me give you some good news. Let me give you some sobering news. I'll give it to you, but you won't get it. I'm going to tell you why. Because you're waiting for me to tell you. You're not waiting on God. So let's take a look at what lies ahead of us in Christ. The first one is obvious because I've already alluded to it. You have a new identity. You have a new identity. You are not the same person. You are not the same person. And if you're struggling, it's because you still believe you're the old one. You're not the same person. You are brand new. Now, I want you to take a moment to just really take a look at your heart and answer this question for yourself. Do you really believe that? Do you truly, truly believe that? Because if you don't, my friend, here's the reality. You're stuck in the old. You're stuck in the old. Listen to what Ephesians 4 Starting at verse 22 says, it says, put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life. And it is corrupt through deceitful desires. And you are to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Listen to where renewal happens. Here's where a lot of people get stuck when it comes to walking with Christ. We start seeking Christ because we want change in our circumstances. That's okay. Okay, that's fine. But you know what we never go after? We never go after the renovation project. We just want to doll up the outside. We don't want no renovation on the inside. And the scripture says this, that we are to be renewed in the spirit of this mind. In the place of belief. Let me tell you why it is so important for you and I to know who we are in Christ. Why it's so important to be intimate with the word of God. Why it's so important to methodically and intentionally dig into the word. Let me tell you where you need to be in the word of God. Let me tell you where you need to be right now in the word of God. Start reading the book of Romans. This weekend, we end the series that we're in, and we're going to start a new series that's going to take us for several weeks. And we're going to be reading the entire book of Romans. And we're just going to really be digging into it. And I guarantee you, if you will do what the Word says, that you come into contact with the Word and you put yourself in that position to hear the Word, 
then according to the hearing of the word, not simply by what we learn here and what's shared here by us, but by your own personal time and close contact with the word as you study it, if you put yourself in the position to hear the word, then that hearing will lead you to the place of faith where it begins to work. For some of you, you're still busy looking at yourself as a sinner saved by grace. I'm going to tell you right now, the book of Romans is going to obliterate that lie from the pit of hell. You're either a sinner or you're saved, but you're not both. You can't mix the old with the new. I know, I'm messing with some people. He says, be renewed in the spirit of your minds. And put on the new self, created after the likeness of God. Watch what the truth is in you, in true righteousness and holiness. I'm broken, God. Really? Really? Is that what the scripture says? I'm an addict, God. Which one are you? Are you free in Christ or a new creation? Or are you an addict? Ouch. You can say amen or owe me to that one. See, everything that is new about your life is tied to the new creation that you have become. You know, it's the reality that all people live according to who they believe they are. You live according to who you believe you are. And so let me just tell you the truth. And these are not my words. These are the words of God. You are a new creation and the old has passed away. The old has passed away. The old has passed away. Be weary of circles that you put yourself in. Be weary of people that you put yourself around. I don't care how friendly they are, how much they love Jesus. There were a lot of Hebrews, Jews in those days that had come to know Christ, but they were still believing according to the law. You know what Paul said? That law that you put confidence in, in Galatians 5 he says this, he says, it's garbage. He says, if you're trying to justify yourself according to the law, then Christ is of no effect in your life. And so I want to encourage you to accept that you are a new creation. Stop your crying and get moving forward. Start moving forward. Let me tell you what else is new about you. You have a new path to follow. There's a new way of doing things, ladies and gentlemen. There's a new lifestyle to carry. There's a new journey to go upon. And I'm going to tell you according to the words of Jesus that everything and everyone and everywhere you've been doesn't fit on that path. i got great news for you. You ready for this? In the kingdom of God, some things die. They got to go. 
Listen to Jesus' words. Very familiar passage of scriptures. Matthew 7, 13. Enter through the narrow gate. Narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. Here we are saying, man, I love Jesus, but I just want all my friends to still be with me along the way. They want nothing to do with Jesus. And even if they are following Jesus, guess what? If they're encouraging you to live outside of what Jesus has called you to, then they're not friends at all. They don't love you at all. If they're leading you to compromise the word, guess what? They're not good company. The scripture says bad company corrupts good character. You don't need them. Verse 14, he says, but small is the gate and narrow the road. Small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. In other words, you got to press in to this place of relationship with Christ. And to fit in that, to walk in that walk, you got to let go of some things. It's a new life. New life. I've said this here before and I'll say it again. Only you and Jesus fit in this narrow path. Only you and Jesus. So don't bring anything else with you. You know what Jesus told the disciples when he sent them out? He says, don't take a bag. Don't take any money. Don't take any food with you. Don't take any people with you. Just go where I'm sending you. I'll take care of the rest. So why are we still trying to carry people with us? Why are we still trying to carry some old beliefs? Some of you, you're going away to college. Let me tell you something about college. Even Christian colleges, they will jack you up. You know, cemetery, I mean, not cemetery, seminary will jack you up. Let me tell you why. Because most seminaries, <laughs> you know what they're actually pouring into you? Traditions and doctrines of men. A buddy of mine was telling me, that, oh, yeah, this school, you know, this Wesleyan school in Indiana is looking at my son. They want him to come play baseball for him. And I said, what are their doctrines? I don't know. Really? You better check that. Is it according to the law or is it according to this new covenant that we have in Christ? There's a dividing line. Let me tell you what else is true and new. You have a new future. Jeremiah 29, 11, very familiar passage of Scripture. And i got to close here because we're way over time. It says this. Matter of fact, you know what? I'm not worrying about time. You got to go. You got to go. Love you. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Let me tell you why this is so important. 
Because sometimes when it comes to the new things that God is calling us to, we approach it with trepidation, with fear. Well, I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't know how this is going to work. That's the best place to be. You know why? Because you don't control it. But here's what God says. I know the plans I have for you. And here's what you can bank on with my plans. My plans, they are to prosper you. My plans, they are to give you hope. My plans are to give you a great future. There's nothing quite like following God's plan. So just like the other song said, just keep looking ahead. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. The last point I want to have you, I'm going to leave you with, and I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up, is this. You are part of a new family. You are part of a new family. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22 says this. That's plain enough, isn't it? I'm reading from the Message Bible. You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here. With as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all irrespective of how we got here. Listen to this. In what he is building. What he is building. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. And now he's using you. Fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as this cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day. A holy temple built by God. All of us built into it. A temple which God is quite at home in. Listen, I want you to notice what God says about this new life. He says, you belong here. Amongst this new family. And this family, it's like an edifice made up of bricks. Each one supports and strengthens the other. So that we can all stand. That we can stand in Christ. As we close today, I want you to consider something. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. The old is gone. The new is here. Let me ask you a question tonight as we stand and come to a close. 
as we transition to communion. Will you take hold of the greatest miracle ever done for you? Will you believe you are a new creation and let go of the old? Will you move forward? Stop your crying. Get going with God. You know what I love about the body of Christ? <laughs> In the body of Christ, there is no bigger and smaller. The Bible says that Paul's name before he became a Christian was Saul. And then his name was changed to Paul. You know what Paul means? Little one. Little one. Paul got to a place in his life where he said, man, I don't want all this, these great things that I had, all this respect among people, all these accolades, all this ministry, all this education, all these titles. He says, I just want to know Jesus and I just want to be amongst his people. I just want to walk in this new life. He says, this old me, he's, he's dead and gone. He's crucified. And the one who now lives is Christ in me. New life. New creation. New things. Anybody ready to step into some new things? Here's where it starts. Here's where your breakthrough begins. The old is gone. I am a new creation. You know, in the final moments that Jesus was with the disciples, he took the bread and he took the cup. And he says, and as often as you take this bread, he says, this bread, this bread is my body. It's my body, which is broken for you. He says, take it, eat it as, as, as often as you can. And then he took the cup and he said, this cup, this cup is my blood in the new covenant. Drink it as often as you can in remembrance of me. And in, in those moments, here's what Jesus was calling them to remember. My life has been given for yours, but it's so that you can have a new life. So that you can be a new creation. So that you can move on from broken places. So that you can move on from broken mindsets. So that you can move on from brokenness in your body and sickness. So that you can step into a new relationship with God based on new terms where God calls you righteous and the only thing that you can't do is accept it. You don't have to earn it. So today when we take communion, this night as we take communion, I want you to consider what you're actually partaking of. You're saying, this is mine. This is my nourishment. This is who I am. A brand new creation.
partake, eat in remembrance of him. Now take time to thank God. Take time to confess and declare. Take time to rejoice, to get past your grief, your sorrow, your hurt, your complaining, your moaning and groaning, and to begin to rejoice in the fact that I am moving forward because I am a new creation. I am moving on because I am whole in Christ. I'm moving forward because I am healed of the Lord. Father, we thank you for your body. The stripes upon your back. The chastisement that you endured for our peace. The crushing that you were subjected to so that we could come out from under the thumb of sin and the power of the enemy and we could be raised to new life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now let's go ahead and partake of the cup. And as we partake, I want you to consider this, that what you are partaking, what you are declaring, what you are practicing, what you are doing is saying this is true of me. I am a new creation because I now am under a new covenant agreement with God. I'm righteous. I'm holy. I'm brand new. See, when you know what you got is new, you no longer hold on to the old. Let's keep on keeping on. Move forward. Take, drink in remembrance of him. Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you for this new life. We thank you that through it all, Lord, we can keep our eyes fixed on you. Knowing, Lord, that what you have done is complete. And when those memories, when the accusations, when the condemnation, when the past comes creeping up behind us, threatening to overtake us, Lord, we will look forward knowing that you, you, you part mountains. You move all things out the way. Lord, you make a way where there is no way. In the middle of a wilderness, in the middle of dry places, you create streams of living water. You give us new life. You show us the path to all that is good and all that is godly and all that you've created us for. And so through it all, Lord, through it all, we walk with confidence knowing that what you have done in Christ is true about us and we are new creations. Hey everybody, thank you so much for joining us here at Church of the Bridge today. I pray that you had a personal encounter with God, that he spoke to you powerfully and that he met you at your place of need with this message. I also want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. By doing so, you'll be able to check out past messages, uh, past events that we've done. You'll also be able to see what's happening now and those things that are to come. And lastly, I'd like to invite you to join with us in all that God is doing with your giving. Feel free to do so on our website. Again, thank you again for joining us and I can't wait to connect with you next week.